Hey there, how are you? We are the Business Blondes coming here to bring you a sumptuous feast of business now served up in style. Every week at one, thank you for joining us for this delicious feast of business, chat, and all things called life. Now today, we've got a special guest, Dipti Tate, hypnotherapist. We'll be learning more about her later. But first of all, we'll do a quick round of the room and see what's been happening in our world this week. So Sam, how are you? What's been happening? What have you noticed this week in business or in life? I'm very well. Thank you. Lovely. Lovely to be back here on uh, Thursday. Can't believe, as we were just saying, Caroline, I can't believe it's Thursday already. But I think um, what I've noticed this week is everybody's trying to second guess when the end will be. Uh, so that's been really interesting. And lots and lots of different um, or guesses, if you like, on when are we coming out of lockdown? When are the children going back to school? When can we return to our offices? Do we want to return to our There seems to be, like last week we were saying about the optimism, this week it seems to be questions. So yes, still optimism, but when, 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 when we're all like seeing this light now and we're just hurtling towards it and we can't wait to get there. Um, so that for me has been like the biggest, biggest message I've had this week. Yeah, when can we get back to normal? And what is normal? Exactly. It's like when you've got children in the back seat saying, oh, are we there yet? And we're, we're all saying, when are we there? And I think our patience is running out, our goodwill, our compliancy. And we need to have the prime minister give us some real messages of hope for the deadline for all this. I think we're all finding it a bit of a drag now. So we you're just right. We want to know, don't we, Caroline? We, we just want to know. know. We want to know. The human brain hates uncertainty. Mm. So we're all in a big old, what's happening? We're that emoji that goes, what? And, um, you know, we want we want the emoji that says, yay, bring it on. Yeah. So um, <laughs> whatever that emoji looks like. So, Kim, what have you noticed this week with clients, work, business, simply? Yeah, no, it's been it's been a fascinating week, and you're right. There's been a lot of questions, but also there's been a lot of pressure points for people. So I, I don't know how many of you have seen the um, recent news about the KPMG chairman who um, has hit headlines everywhere by sharing with um, people how frustrated he was at their moaning at the situation. But I think what that's telling us is that actually lots of people are feeling pressure. You know, we we look to the leaders to say, well, actually, almost we expect you to be able to deal with this because you're paid to deal with it, but they're human beings too. And they're having to try and navigate the situation to try and provide the answers for their people. And they're having to go through it themselves. And we're seeing a real pressure cooker of people um, getting to the end of their tether, a really senior, a really mm -hmm. senior space. So I think for me, it's like, how do we make sure that we're providing the right support and guidance and care for the senior leaders that we are expecting to provide that for their people. And I think that for us, it has got to be something that we need to question right now. Also, I, I think people are complaining because we're absolutely up to here with it. So cre some creative building is fine. You know? No, absolutely. And I think it's right. I guess for me, that's the piece. It was right that they could complain because look at what they're going through. I think what it shows us though, is that we're not allowing that those senior leaders to also have a right to go, do you know what, it's tough for me too. <laughs> That's the kind of disconnect. It's where do we find a safe space for them to have their moan also? Because every human being, irrelevant of, of kind of what where we are and what we do, has the right right now to go, do you know what, I've had enough. This is like, this has been too tough for too long. 
and I am missing something that I need. So I think absolutely quite right, Caroline. You, we, we all have the right to have a moan, to have a whinge. I think for me, it's a case of recognising that that is the case all the way through. So actually, how do we find that opportunity for people to be able to do that in a safe space? Absolutely. Um, a safe space to whinge is what we need. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Penny, what have you noticed this week in your in your travails and your business um, forays? Uh, I've, I've, do you know what? I was here. I've been writing loads of different thoughts, and then I, just listening to Kim and Dale, I was think, it made me think about a really important thought that's been coming through is that this whole subject of um, you can only really deal with what's under your control. And um, that's something that I've really had to, because I got really restless at the weekend, really restless. I was thinking, oh, my God, you know, I went into that slight, oh, I've got to get out, I've got to get out. And Thomas and I went out for long bike rides and everything. But I want to see people. And, 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 I, and then I started to think, right, what's within my control that I can do um, to get through this? And I sort of created a plan of fun things. I mean, you know, I've even got a jigsaw that I'm now doing, and I'm just trying to do things that stops me from working and then just sitting in front of box sets because I'm really getting sick of television. Um, and uh, and then and I know we were told not to, but actually because we've got our little motorhome that we bought last year, we did book, we have taken a risk and booked places to go to because although they're saying don't book a holiday, I think to say to you don't book it, it's a nightmare because nobody's going to get anything if nobody starts to book. Yeah. And it's not fair on the industry either if we don't book B&Bs and campsites and things. So I've just done a, I just think do what's within your control and try and let go of things that aren't in your control. I agree, Penny. And um, I think we're all box set binged out at the moment and doing something creative. I put on Facebook that I'm sending little notes, little these little pigeon post notes, and I bought a fountain pen <laughs> because just having something nice come through the letterbox and I'm getting these lovely letters back from friends saying, thank you for your letter. It was so nice. And, you know, it's, there's not much to share. <laughs> oh, by the way, I went for a walk. Oh, by the way, I made some jam. Oh, by the way, oh, yeah, but people seem to like it. So trying to find something a bit different to connect, uh, I think, is the key here. We're running on empty. We need Blue Peter to come back with some sticky back plastic and a toilet roll so we can make a, an escape route. Um, so, Ditchy, um, th thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, lovely to have you here. Now, Ditchy is a, a very, very exciting lady. She's got a book out called Planet Grief later this year, and she's also currently got a book out called Good Grief. And she's often seen on our on the breakfast TV couches and doing radio broadcasts about that subject that we don't always like to talk about. Now, I know you're also a hypnotherapist, but whether we like it or not, grief is something that each and every single one of us on the planet will experience in various degrees at some point in our life. And I know from having my own griefs, as we all have, grief is a very messy, unpredictable thing. It can be bad-tempered, unpleasant to be around, not just sad, but people will cross the road if they see you coming. So tell us, they do, they're embarrassed by it. They don't want to go there. And yet the more we talk about it, the less alien a concept it is when it comes to our door. And it's not just the loss of someone, it can be a beloved pet, uh, a broken heart, uh, a business, uh, or literally losing something, you know, something that's removed from your life that wasn't there before. And in fact, perhaps the whole country and the world is going through various states of losses at the moment. So welcome, Dipsy. 
tell us about your experience of grief and why you particularly created that niche. So just listening to all of you speak just now, um, you know, you're all, you're all saying exactly the same thing. We're all going through this strange time that is completely new. None of us have done this before. And um, someone said to me uh, last week, I thought this was lovely when I said, yes, we're all in the same boat here. She said, no, we're not in the same boat. We're all in different boats, but we're all in the same storm. And I thought that was a really brilliant way to describe what we are going through right now. And the novelty of lockdown, because, you know, maybe some of us have worked quite happy about it, you know, in the summertime, we were all like, yay, let's sit in the garden and let's hang out with our families and let's you know work from home and it was lovely and the summertime was lovely but now this novelty has worn off you know as, as you're all saying it's worn down to the to the bare bones um and that is what i'm interested in talking about is like for example grief you wouldn't necessarily plonk grief into what we're feeling at the moment but we are all grieving we are all grieving what we knew as normal. We're all grieving the way of life we did have. We're grieving people we haven't seen, even though they haven't died. Um, we're grieving connection. We're grieving um, the way of being with each other. Our businesses have changed. Our way of thinking has changed. We're grieving who we were. And now who are we going to be? Uh, and is this ever going to get any different? Or is this going to go back to normal again what is normal so when our normal gets taken away we grieve so it doesn't have to be related to death and that's why the discomfort of that is something that that human beings really like to avoid we like to maybe suppress or ignore or resist any type of discomfort unless we're a masochist you know then we move towards <laughs> pain quite well you know but pain and discomfort are things that i talk about a lot and actually helping people navigate pain have helping people navigate discomfort and actually finding comfort within discomfort finding power within pain and finding fuel within grief. Um, so that's kind of what I'm all about, really. I, I think because we all experience different, differently, mm -hmm. we have to be extra compassionate with each other because we don't know other people's stories or their experiences. So yeah. when people say, I know what you feel, you don't always. No. And Grief is so bizarre and personal that you can never predict it, no matter who you lose or what you lose, there's no template for it. Hmm. So it's a, you know, it's a, the grief of losing a friend is different from losing a grandfather, a lovely dog, um, a colleague. So there's never a plan for grief. You can never think, well, next time I'll do it this way. It's always a shock and it's always personal. So we have to be extra compassionate with everyone else at the moment who's going through their own version of it. Penny, did you want to say something? Yeah, I just wanted to say, you know, I you know, make no secret of the fact that we obviously grieved the loss of our business and then my mum and my brother and my niece and then the shock that Hannah went through and lots of um, deaths and traumas. And I didn't confront I thought I was coping with them but I didn't deal with them you know what I mean there's a difference 
And it was through talking to Dipti. I went to psychologist. I even had my brain checked to see if when I had this terrible experience, which was defined as a PTSD experience, I went to hospital thinking, actually, did I have a stroke or something? Dipti's the only person who's been able to help me understand what happened to me. And she said it was I was having a hallucinogenic panic attack when I had these, uh, I was hallucinating these trolls when I was delivering this course and everything. Never knew that. I found it really fascinating. So Dipti, you know, what gives you the insights into that? I know you've helped a lot of people through growth, but how did you have that insight? Because it, it's helped me so much just understanding what that terrible experience was to me. So I have an actual visual thing that I use to explain things. So imagine we have one of these in our brain. It's, a, you know, like a little tiny stress bucket and it's filled with stress. So these little balls are kind of everyday, you know, your everyday stresses. So when something traumatic or deeply painful or grief kind of happens to you, imagine that this normal ball sort of triples or quadruples in size. And so then it basically takes over the stress bucket. So what happens is because it's heavier, really, it goes in and imagine these bits, these little ones come out and they overspill this way. So then that causes emotional overwhelm in the system, which is also another word for panic. It can also be paranoia. Um, so panic plus paranoia can cause hallucinogenic kind of experiences. Um, so that's basically what happens when our bucket is overspilling. So I can talk about this a bit more if you like and describe how hypnotherapy helps and you know if that if that's something that you want me to keep going with so hypnotherapy gets you into a state of mind that's called REM which is rapid eye movement which you've all probably heard of and that's a sleep system that we all go through in our normal sleep cycle when you're in REM, you're also in what we call trance. And trance normally is a loaded word and people get a bit scared of that word. But actually trance is just a normal state of mind that we all go through. You know, daydreaming in the daytime is trance state and night dreaming is trance state. So when you're in REM, what the brain is actually doing in REM is it's basically creating a hole in this bucket at the bottom. So when the hole is not blocked, the stress from the day is coming out of the bucket, if that makes sense. So it's all being processed properly through the bucket. But when we have additional stress like pain, grief, you know, massive stuff that we haven't really coped with properly or, or sorted through properly, it comes out this way. And that is what we call basically paranoid hallucination, panic, you know. And that's really the point of hypnotherapy is making sure the flow, you know, is there. Um, so amazing description. I love this sort of imagery. And do you, at the moment, with the clients you've got, because I know what you're celebrated for is the fact that even before the pandemic, you were able to do virtual online um, support through your solution focused hypnotherapy. Um, in fact, you're trained to teach other hypnotherapists how to do that aren't you which is incredible but have you seen a shift in in the way that people are needing help because of the pandemic so you would um, make the assumption that people are more anxious uh, and you know more stressed out or in from my point of view i'm kind of actually seeing something a bit interesting i'm you know they said in the war 
the depression rates went went down because people actually had things to do and then they they were less likely to be overthinking so actually they they got on with stuff because they had to get on with stuff so at the beginning of the pandemic i was seeing loads of people for insomnia rather than depression so the insomnia rate had gone up but the depression clients had gone down massively and so i've been helping a lot of people with their sleep more than normal um, also, interestingly enough, I saw lots and lots of smoking sessions. Um, so people probably got in their head that, oh, God, well, if I, you know, if I need to keep my immune system boosted or I need to keep healthy, I need to stop smoking. I need to stop drinking. Um, so I was helping people with alcohol, drugs, smoking, addictions, that kind of thing. Uh, now I'm seeing people with, I am really fed up with this now. I just need some motivation. You know, I need a, a kick up their backside. I need to start kind of chunking things down, putting things into order. So it's kind of more motivational coaching stuff as well as insomnia. Well, yeah, it's interesting. Can I ask Tipti that I know, you know, I mean, we're all girls here, but it's not just girls that are, talking about what is the one thing that we are all talking about lockdown weight um and that's something that i've considered seeing i've seen a hypnotherapist before for uh smoking but i was considering it for weight because I do, you just feel like again you know it's habitual isn't it smoking is very habitual but i've fallen into this chocolate biscuit habit and trance if you like at nine o'clock in the evening where it just happens and you know, without me even realising this just happens. So what can we do to, or what, what would you recommend and how do you help people with regards to lockdown weight? Because I'm assuming that that's quite popular right now. It is. And, you know, there are two types of people when it comes to weight loss. And I can categorically put them into two camps. One of them is, can you fix me? Can you sort me out? The other camp is, uh, can you help me change my mindset and can you help me change my attitude these people I don't work with and I tell them to go somewhere else <laughs> these people I do work with and it's a more of a an understanding of, of what the triggers are and and aware it's a massive awareness isn't it it's like you said Sam you go into this kind of other trance you know of it's nine o'clock oh chocolate biscuit drawer and like almost like it is like a hypnotized state but a negatively hypnotized state where you're not really thinking about it and then you don't let yourself think about it too much because you know the other part of your brain will say do you do you really want to do this you know and you don't want that push me pull you because you actually want the chocolate <laughs> so it's about recognizing that there are two parts of the brain one of them is really intellectual it has a good view of your perspective and your long-term goals for example and it kind of knows best but this is a very quiet voice you know it's it's quite humble it's unassuming it's just there it's wisdom it's you the real you the other voice is what i'm calling the chim you know the chimpanzee part of our brain which is like monkey mind it's like hi remember me i'm taking over now and you've got to listen to me because i'm like bright and shiny and i'm loud and this is what you've got to do because i'm looking at your short-term fix i'm looking at you what what you want right now what will make you feel better right now and it will ignore 
the long-term part of the brain. So we know this voice, this monkey mind part of us, it can happen in all sorts of ways, not just about eating the chocolate biscuit, just about making other choices and decisions perhaps that we're not, you know, that are not useful for us or um, beneficial for us. So I really help people hear that voice and then not try suppressing the voice, but kind of inviting the other voice in to have a debate, if that makes sense. So it's encouraging a, a healthy debate between the two voices. When you know how to do that, invariably your sensible, you know, the long-term vision part of you will take control. And the more you get into a habit of that, the more this one pipes down. That makes sense. No, I love it. It makes makes total sense. And I mean, my monkey mind takes over. In fact, I think if I were to have a theme tune, it probably would be Dance Monkey, because um, it <laughs> does just love to uh, to be the one in control of my head. Um, and you've already shared some amazing things, but are there any like tips that you could share of you know, when 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 your monkey is dancing, you know, when it is really um, out there trying to get your get your attention and your control? Is there any things that we can can do to help it encourage its dance partner to join in? Yes, and not you, be the dance partner. So I have a technique for myself, which works for me. So if I give you my technique, this might not work for you, but it's just an example of, of what you could do using the sort of powerful visualization or imagination that we have. So I imagine that I've got a boxing ring here, like stuck to the side of my head, right? So my monkey is allowed out of my brain into the boxing ring with its punch bag. And so it does it, it has its like three, four rounds and then ding, ding, time up. And now it goes back in again. So it's, it's not, I'm not trying to suppress it or ignore it or pretend it's not there. I give it a space. Sometimes when I'm tired, when I haven't had enough sleep, when I've drunk too much coffee, when I haven't drunk enough water, whatever, 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 the monkey's like, ah, oh, she's vulnerable. There's a little hole in the, you know, the whatever it's called, the, the fence. I can jump out. And then my partner, Toby, he's very conscious and very, um, you know, open-minded. He'll say to me, Dipti, I don't want to talk to your chimp. And then my chimp will go, I want to talk to you, you know, and my chimp will want to get his chimp out to play. But because he's so conscious, he won't let his chimp out. And then my chimp slunks back off, you know, and gets back in the ring. So it's just about recognizing how you can not let that chimp jump out of your ring, you know. And that's, that's the way of me doing it. I respect, um, I respect Thomas is like a feeder. He, he goes off to get the chocolate. I've got my chimp well under control. And he goes, come on, Ben, because he wants me to have the chocolate at the same time as him. <laughs> so I've got to get his chimp in the boxing ring as well. It sounds yeah, like everyone's independent chimps going on there. Yeah, everyone's <laughs> chimps want to play with everyone else's chimps. That's how, how they operate. They operate in a troop. None of our chimps want to be on their own. We want someone else to join our pity party with us. You know, it's like, come on, come on, let's all be miserable together. You know, that's just how the chimp is. So we, as adults of you know, our chimp, 
it's kind of like the chimp is the child, the toddler, the teenager, the three-nager, actually, the three-nager in our mind. And once we as adults take control of the three-nager, not in a controlling way, but in a collaborative way. And that's the thing. It's not being a pushy parent. It's being a responsive parent, you know, and explaining and negotiating and discussing and debating. And when you can do that with your chimp, then actually your chimp can work with you because actually it's powerful. If we know how to, you know, optimize and um, capitalize on our chimp power, we can really be using it in a productive way. And that's kind of what we talked about, isn't it, Penny, about when you suffered with the business grief from eCademy and then when you turned into digital youth academy and that was actually your grief doing that for you and that was a bit of a new way of thinking about it wasn't it for you yeah it is i mean there were all sorts of lessons there because i think what i've learned and you know it's wonderful talking to you caroline as a as a, a life coach taught me a lot about that you know we we think that we're mentally fit healthy but we're not necessarily mentally fit and i at each of those points of grief i should have gone and got help but I thought that I was resilient and that meant just keep punching me because I'm so resilient. I didn't realize the best boxer in the ring is the one that can get out, out of the way of the punches, you know? So, but I think anybody listening to this, I think it's really important that you just go and get some support. And I think people have a feeling that it's going to be so expensive, but you know, the, the return and it's not expensive to get help and, and the return of good people don't need you to come back to them over and over and over again. You know, people say to me, I've been seeing the same psychologist for two years. I think change your psychology. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that, that's really brilliant, um, Dipti. I wonder if you could give us one tip as we close today's session on how to stay motivated this coming week, over the weekend and next week and the next months. I do really feel it's attitude, actually, when we've got a good attitude. And I, I d sometimes I really don't like that word because I hear my dad saying it because my parents both have died now. And that's why I wrote my books, because I lost both of them and I nursed them through cancer when I was quite young. So I hear my dad saying, you've got a bad attitude, you know, and I hate that word sometimes. But I've reframed the word attitude for a positive way of, of talking about it. So when we change our attitude which is also change our perception of anything then we can absolutely start to see the long-term picture of why that would be a good idea to maintain or why that would be a good idea to keep going with even through the bumps in the road you've kind of got a you've got a um a good view of the destination and even if you can't see the destination you've programmed the sat-nav properly and you'd kind of trust that the sat-nav is pointing you to the right place, you know? So it's about figuring out what you want, programming that into the sat-nav and then not worrying about the journey, but just following the path, sticking to the plan, you know? That's one of my favorite quotes is, um, see the vision, but trust the process. So hold the vision, trust the process. That's brilliant, thank you, Dipti. Penny, have you got a little tip for us all going forward? Yeah, well, actually, I'm going to become very um, boring now when I say this, but we had an expert, hired an expert to talk about LinkedIn last um, week, and it, it's made all of us look at our own profiles. And I'm going to say to people, 
think about how your LinkedIn profile, because a lot of people are connecting more than ever now. And if your LinkedIn profile isn't well written and written compassionately, that gets your personality and character around across and also gets the impact that you want to have on others across. So I'm going to give you a practical tip for the week. Go and do that. Go and look at your LinkedIn profile again. Nice. Thank you. Um, Penny, Sam. And you are on mute. <laughs> you are on mute, darling. <laughs> I liked what um, Dipti said earlier about, you know, the the people that come to you and say, fix me, they're not the people I want to work with, but the ones that are interested in re-educating their mindset. And that just absolutely reinforced how I feel about working with, you know, small business owners. Um, and yeah, there are ones that come all the time and say, Sam, you know, they want me literally to sit sit on their desks and you know, write their emails and fix everything. Um, and I just think, you know, having a good old look at what we want and who we want to work with. We can't help everybody and we can't be everything to everyone. Um, but I've, yeah, that, that really resonated with me. Uh, thank you, Dipti. It's been a real pleasure having you on. I've loved it. Yeah, it's been great. Thank you very much, Dipti. And I would just repeat, send someone a little card. Well, not just your friends, you'll call it your um, clients. Send them a little something through the post. You know, it's the, it's the small things that we can do as individual entrepreneurs that make the difference right now. So that would be my tip. And I'm going to let Kim finish because she does all the, the great <laughs> conclusions and finale bits. Yes, sure. Thank you. Dipti, it's been an absolute delight. I've learned so much. We could chat to you um, kind of all day. Um, certainly my little monkey is now, you know, having a little boogie on its own, but it's calming it down. <laughs> it's just been, it's just been amazing. So thank you so much. I've, I've given it an, not quite a boxing ring, but I've given it a little dance floor of its own. Um, nice. so that really, really helps. Um, and I guess for me, uh, my tip for people would be just be kind to yourself. Recognise that actually we're all human beings. We all have these things going on. We're all grieving something that we lost, as you've so um, clearly uh, articulated for us. For me, mine's choices. I used to be able to choose what I wanted to do, and now I can't. Um, and recognising that has, has been it's been helpful and then picking your mindset through it so hopefully other people have found this as fascinating as we have if you would like to join us and be in dipti's chair then please do get in touch at www.businessblondes.tv and in the interim i hope you all have a peaceful happy and safe week and we will see you next time take care